Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Sound. I'm your host, Mrin, and today I have with me Kara Lu, aka Father Koi. I'm so excited to interview you and to talk about your new single, Dream Girl. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here as well. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm so thankful that you like the song. It is, it is so cool. And I think, so the first thing I obviously, I mean, I'm going to get into this song. We're going to get into all of it very, very soon. But the first thing I want to start off with off the bat is how did you come up with your stage name? How did you come up with Father Koi? It's actually really funny. I think I came up with it in 2018 when I first attended Vassar because I started a band with some of my friends from my music theory class and we were like, all right, what are we going to name our band? And I thought of the name Father Koi just for fun right? because I think that I was listening to a lot of Lord at that point, and I really liked her idea of taking like L-O-R-D and making it more feminine by adding an E onto it. So along that same vein, I was like, all right, let's take father. And, you know, because I'm a woman, you know, it's like, it's interesting that juxtaposition. So I was kind of going along with that. And the koi part, I think that was interesting because it kind of goes back to my roots because I'm Chinese. So it was like a koi fish kind of deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I feel like it it is very empowering. I think it's very cool. And I think that your music also speaks to that. Like it also embraces that name. It makes sense with the name, you know, it doesn't feel like it's out of place. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that even, you know, coming into sort of all all the music that you've released, uh, I feel like it all, even though the sound has changed a lot, which I also want to, talk to you about as we progress through this but I feel like even though the sound has changed a lot uh, or it's it's very different from your album your this single is very different I feel like the the underlying meaning to like the lyrics and stuff like that a lot of it is very similar and it is still very Mm. empowering it's still you know got that that kind of same theme that same vibe behind it and I think that that is really really interesting and I think that's what you know what what is really cool about your music at least to me as a listener is like that the lyrics are so so cool but also the music along with it is that cool what genre do you think that you fit into because of that you know it's so it's been so different what some of your other songs compared to this single that you just released I really appreciated you saying that actually because it kind of ever I mean you've mentioned that ever since this single came out it's very different in sound than my other songs but I would agree that the lyrical content is pretty similar to the lyrics that I've had in the past and in that sense it's been very grounding like it's been along the same themes but to go back to the original question um I used to I mean I probably still do I identify most of my music as indie alternative I mean indie has gone through a series of differences and evolutions in its meaning but uh I think that it does kind of resonate with a lot of the more indie stereotypically sounding music that is on Spotify, for example, like Claro, or I took a lot of my inspiration from Mitski. So I think that it would definitely fall under that category. But Dream Girl, the thing is, I think that my music kind of evolves with what I'm listening to at the time. So Dream Girl actually came with my electronic music class. We had to write a piece that was based on uh, an electronic music artist. And I picked Charlie XCX. And I haven't really listened to her before, but I was like, all right, this is really cool. Let's try to write something in this new genre I'm not very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So Dream Girl came from that. And I loved it so much that I started listening to more hyperpop. And that's just been kind of what's influencing the evolution of Dream Girl. 
So, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think that a lot of people have been inspired by your uh, by your electronic music class because I know a lot of other people as well in that class who have now <laughs> released music and they're like, you know, but I feel yeah. like there's been like a sudden change or whatever. So I'm excited to take that class eventually. But this is not about me. So I'm going to come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good class. I highly recommend it. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it, it, I definitely think that putting yourself in, in that indie alternative is the... I guess the smartest thing to do or to, you know, the, it's the best genre, I guess, to, to some extent mm-hmm. to classify yourself as because it is so broad in itself. Like alternative can mean anything. Indie exactly. It can mean so many things, you know? So I yeah. think that that is always, it, it's, an, it's at that fine line between pop and like being quirky. It's like mm-hmm. it's quirky pop is like indie, <laughs> right. right? Like, you know, that's yeah, 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 yeah. what it is. The funny thing is that I've heard rumors that like hyper pop is the new pop. And I was like, wow, that's a really bold claim to make. Cause I feel like it's still such a kind of a more, it's a less well-known genre, you know? So yeah. Yeah, That's, but, yeah. yeah, I think that I mean pop obviously keeps changing. So pop right. at one point in time was something different. Like the Beatles were at one point pop, yes. but now they are considered rock. Like it's it yeah. changes because of where in life we are, I guess, or like how with how the time is going. So I think mm-hmm. what might have a few years ago been classified as pop is now alternative or you know punk pop or indie or whatever. And it, exactly. it's like it, it's constantly changing, changing its name and changing what it is. But that that brings us to something that I guess is very important is that what are your inspirations? You know, is it is the kind of music? I mean, I guess you did say that the kind of music that you listen to is similar to what you are writing. And that's how it, you know, that's why it changes, because as you grow as a listener as well, mm-hmm. you grow as an artist. But are there any musical inspirations, especially for this single for Dream Girl? Is there anything that I mean, you of course you said that Charlie XCX is one of your inspirations for this song, but is there anything else that you feel like even something from your previous um music that has, you know, sort of again stayed with you, especially in terms of like lyrics and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that the chord progression and the production style is definitely very inspired by Charlie XCX. This is actually um a collaborative project. The thing that I released as my final project for electronic music sounded very, very different. Mm -hmm. So the story behind the production of this is actually that I finished the song, I really liked the bones of it, but I felt like I didn't have the production... Um, experience enough to make it as hyper pop as I wanted to sound. Yeah. So I began to look for producers online and I found someone I met on TikTok because he released like a tutorial about how to like do things in a hyper pop style. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I hit him up and I was like, do you like do commissions? And he said, sure. So we made the project together. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that it's awesome how, I mean, how just social media in itself, even something like TikTok, which you, you know, can drain all the time that you mm-hmm. have in a day. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a wormhole, right? You just go into it and you just can't get out. But right. it's so cool that you can then also form such cool collaborations and, you know, really get something great out of that as well. Because you, you have access to so many people so easily. Uh, I mean, you know, like... The Pentatonics, for example, they, when mm-hmm. they needed a beatboxer, they found the guy on YouTube. They literally just like searched up beatboxing and the most popular video, they just reached out to him and they were like, here, come join us. And that's how the Pentatonics were formed. You know, it's like, it's really crazy that, that stuff like that can happen. It's so easy to do that and that you are kind of now part of that as well. Mm-hmm. I know it's amazing. Like now that I think about it, it's like, how could I've ever done that? Like, how did things line up so perfectly that we managed to create this thing? <laughs> Yeah. So uh, you also, you know, you spoke about sort of your like your name 
you spoke about how you came up with Father Coy, but I think that also more than that, I wanted you to talk to you about your image as an artist, because mm-hmm. I feel like that also is kind of changing, you know, as you as you are developing your sound and everything, but also how, how do you see yourself? Because I think a lot of times bigger artists, you know, they, ha- they see themselves a certain way or whatever, that sometimes record labels will come in and be like, no, this is the way you have to be or whatever. And then, you know, sometimes they get stuck in this thing and you can see that that's not really always what they want to do or you know whatever uh so I think it's really interesting for you you know as as a you know as a girl like as a female Mm -hmm. as somebody who is not white you know how do you how do you feel about your image as an artist and how do you think that other people perceive that image that's a really good question um I guess to start off with the whole image thing I think that something that I value a lot in artists especially in artists who are, well, just artists in general, is authenticity. I feel like if you're authentic, then people can really sense that. And in that way, they can take more out of your song and they can relate it more to themselves, which is honestly what I want to do. I want my music to connect to audiences and I want them to, I want them to get something out of it, you know? Like in the same way that it provided me clarity with whatever I might've been going through at the time. In some sense, I like to think of my songs as diary entries because I can look back at them and I can be like, oh wow, this is what I was going through at the time. This is how I perceived it. So it can also be done that way for other people. Also as like a non-white artist, I was thinking about that back when I was more focused on like marketing my songs. There are really not a lot of uh, especially Asian female artists out there. Mm -hmm. I know Rina Sawayama is doing really well and I'm really happy for her in that sense. But I think that I think that we're doing a lot better than we were in the past. And I sense that there's going to be like a rise in more equality, I guess, or more representation in the music industry. And I'm so excited for that. And I hope that I can also be a part of that, which would be amazing. Yeah, no, and I feel like that is really cool. And I think that also your lyrics, as you said, are they're so universal and, you know, anyone can listen to it. It doesn't matter what their background or whatever. And a lot of times if you see... Uh, you know, in media, just in general, I'm not talking about just songs, but in media in general, when whenever they bring up a character who's part of any minority group, right? Mm-hmm. If, if it's a if it's a female, if it's somebody who's like you know gay or whatever, or like queer in any way, or someone who's not white, like it's always that always becomes a very important plot point, I right? Say, or like right. a very important focus. And that, I think, can be very annoying, at least for me. Mm Because I'm like, okay, this is just another person. Why is that becoming their whole personality? Why is, Mm -hmm. you know, that one thing about them that is one thing also that they can't really control? Mm -hmm. That's just the way that they were born. Why is that controlling, like, what, you know, what their role in this this media, like, TV, movies, whatever, you know, is? Um, And I think that that's what's really great about sort of your songs is that it is so universal. It doesn't matter. Like it could be anybody singing them uh, or like, you know, writing this. Uh, but it's it's so much more empowering because it's you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I never thought about how confining it might be to, although, you know, like as an as an Asian artist, like have that be like, oh, it's the Asian artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm an Asian artist singing about Asian things. Right. <laughs> like yeah, that's not that's not what you're going for because that right. doesn't serve anybody in any right. way. And, um, so yeah, that and so I think that with the change in sort of the change, the quote unquote change in sound that you've had, I think that what's also interesting is again when you come back to the lyrics with your album, I feel like the lyrics were 
very important part of it and it was much more on the forefront because the instrumentation was minimalistic mm-hmm. but i think that with with this single with dream girl it's so much more like there's so much more music there's so much more happening your voice yeah. sounds great you know everything's great and obviously the lyrics are there but it they're hard to identify mm-hmm. and i think that when i saw the lyrics i was a bit like taken aback because i didn't expect the the lyrics to be what they are you know i uh-huh. didn't expect them to be so <laughs> heavy i want to say like i uh-huh. guess um because the song itself is so bright and like dancey and fun that that it was um yeah it was like it was like a bit of a shock for me it was like wow damn like, you know these lyrics are they're <laughs> so different i i was not expecting that So how did you think about doing that and where was the sort of change between I want the lyrics to be on the forefront of it in with your album and then here you know having the lyrics a little more hidden I want to say in the music. I think a lot of that definitely comes with the sound. That's so interesting to hear actually cuz I never thought about this specific album, this specific single like that, but that totally makes sense. Like if you listen to like a more EDM song, you're not really focused on the lyrics. You focus on like the beat, you know, cuz yeah. like you said, like my other songs are kind of minimalistic. The lyrics are more brought out by the mm-hmm. tone and you know, the tone of the song that the instrumentation provides. So, you know, yeah, how did you kind of I guess make that decision or mm. you know, what what was the thought behind it because they are like the lyrics are so fast and with you know everything going on in the music it is hard to pick out what the lyrics are that's why i had to like go and search up the lyrics right. separately i couldn't i couldn't just identify i mean i could identify mm. a few things like you know i could like i could tell like, there was something about rooftop and like i was yeah. like, a few like a few things i was like oh so in my head i was like oh is this uh like a love song like is this like mm. you know oh do you remember like the, the our days on the rooftop like you know do you want to go back to that something like that that's what i like first thought it was then right. when i read the lyrics i was like wait a sec <laughs> that's not not what's happening here like this is not exactly like, this is so much more <laughs> right i can talk about the lyrics a bit if if you want yeah yeah that would be great go for it yeah so This song was actually kind of like a conglomerate of different things that I was thinking about when I wrote the song. Part of it was written during the pandemic of 2020, which for me 2020 summer was shit. It was such a bad summer, but I managed to write some thoughts about it. So that's kind of what I took from my notes app. I like to write in my notes app like it's kind of a joke between singer-songwriters. It's like the user notes app. But I took that and I also took some diary entries and memories that I had of um sophomore year I think it was before like everything went to shit so there was that like definitely lyrics like days are passing slow but how many I don't know I'm tired of the shit can I can make it glow it's kind of like about the pandemic and then the next stanza it goes like cut me deep and look inside and how much do you want to hide she asked me how you feel about her said I don't know I'll see you later that kind of had to do more with memories I had with relationships with different people from the semester before we all went home so yeah and I think that like the bridge is pretty introspective in that sense. Mm-hmm. I I'm honestly I love the bridge cuz I feel like one of the things that I'm most proud of is the ability to kind of center my thoughts into like like just the bridge part of it. That right. just makes me so happy to like I can just feel like a sense of um kind of like an anchor I guess if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like cuz I've always had this thought of um I don't know, like nostalgia. And nostalgia was a huge um point of my album, so I feel like I kind of brought that back in here. Well, the lyrics are cut and paste my notebooks like I'm still in the third grade here. I'm in college, but I'm feeling like I don't age. So that kind yeah. of brings me back to the nostalgia part. 
And then I feel like I went pretty personal with like, give decent advice, but I never really take it. If I look too hard inside my head, I'm scared that I might break it. Yeah. The two lyrics that you just said were actually ones that really, really stood out to me when I was Mm -hmm. reading these was the, you know, and I thought that they were super real and something that I'm sure every college student has felt at least or everybody like our age has felt, which is like, I'm here at college, but I, you know, I I don't feel like I'm that age. I don't feel like I'm meant to be here. It's like crazy. It's like, Mm -hmm. wait, am I this old already? You know, and then, and then we are still going through this process as well. And soon we'll be seniors and we'll be like looking back and you're like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> I'm not this old, am I? You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think that also the same with the lyrics, I give decent advice, don't really take it. I think that that's everyone, always. We're constantly giving advice to our friends and stuff. Yeah. And then we find ourselves in the same situation, <laughs> making the same mistakes, not listening to people. And, you know, <laughs> just being the complete, like, idiots that our friends are being. I'm sure that our friends have the same frustrations that we had when they don't listen to us as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the you know, same thing, it's just a loop. I mean, I don't know. It, I guess it's harder to take the advice than give it, right? Right. And then lastly, there was the, if, if I look too hard and said, uh, you know, I might, I'm scared I might break. I feel like that's also something that really came out during COVID, during quarantine, is that people right. were so scared of being alone or being inside their heads so much mm-hmm. because they were scared about what they would find. Right. Like, you you spend know, so spend much time with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, know, you spend too much time with yourself and you're, and you can see this right now as well. I think so many students are having such a hard time being, uh, you know, especially people who are in singles. I mean, that's usually like mm-hmm. what everyone wants, right? They're like, I want a single. Yeah. But I think right now people who have singles are going through a really hard time with it because they, there's so much time when you, which you just spend on your own. Whereas if you have like a roommate or, you know, even if like you, I guess if you're in a relationship or something like that, that goes away a little bit because you constantly have somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I think that those were the most real lyrics that I feel like really hit for me, at least as, you know, a college student, as somebody who's right. kind of on the, in, a, in a similar playing field as you right now, mm-hmm. obviously minus all the cool albums and, and music <laughs> and singles and all the awesomeness that 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 comes with being Kara. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. I mean, it's it's so nice to hear other people interpret it, my songs. Like that's just really what as I mentioned, like what I want to get out of my music, just to have other people just take something away from it. Oh yeah, there was also the the thing that you said about the notebooks and, you know, your diaries and entries and all of that. I think that that's also something that was still there for also your previous album and something mm-hmm. that, you know, is still so I guess your writing process hasn't really changed in you know a year or two years or whatever because like you did an interview I know for the MISC a year ago and you said that as well like you said that you use those diary entries and stuff like yeah. that uh, and you use that nostalgia feel for your for your album as well and I think that that and this is what I meant by saying that you know that that theme of yours with the lyrics and all of and your writing process that hasn't changed even if your sound mm. is evolving I think that that is you know you're staying true to yourself while still <laughs> evolving your sound which I think is really really cool thank you I so appreciate you saying that it's very very grounding because like you know dream girls is such a different genre than my other stuff I think it's so funny that because Spotify actually put it on the Fresh Finds indie playlist. And I was like, wow, like the definition of indie, what is it? Because like, I would never have thought this was indie. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, genres, I think, are just so blurred right now. And I right. I feel like I say that all the time. And I'm probably going to say it on all of my podcasts that I do in this. Like for this podcast, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure every episode will have me saying at some point, 
genres are so irrelevant. But it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we know about, you know, what you have done already, I want to know what you're going to do. I'm excited because, you know, I'm sure we all want to know what is what is in the future for Kara and Father Koi? <laughs> what music are we getting? Are we getting a music video? Are we going to mm. get more collaborations, different collaborations? You know, what's the next sound that you're going for? I don't know. Like, is there anything in the works? I just tell tell us. Give us a sneak peek. Okay. So I think that I will be collaborating with this guy again that I found online. His name is Sev Archer, and he produces. And I wrote another hyperpop kind of inspired song. That was actually inspired by this song called this song by this artist called Silver Sphere. It's called Football Game. And I really loved it. I listened to it like on repeat over break. So I wrote a song that was inspired by that and I gave it to the producer. So we're gonna like try to work something like that out. But then like my friend was asking me, Are you going to make a hyper pop album? Because I would feel weird putting like Dream Girl on the same album as with like Drown and Mind and like Mind Crossing, which was my other kind of double mm-hmm. feature. Yeah, so uh, I also feel like as an independent artist, I don't have management and I feel like a manager would know what to do, you know, like what the best course of action would be for marketing and how to, you know, properly group my songs together by genre. I'm not sure about that, but I do know that another single will probably be coming out um, before the end of the semester and I'm so excited for that. It's so nice to work with a producer because for a late afternoon national anthem, I produced, mixed and mastered everything myself and it was just a lot of work, but... The work is just cut in half and you have more fun when you collaborate with someone else. Yeah, that is so true. And is there any chance of a music video anywhere for anything? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think so. I think so. That would be really cool to do. Or someone are you actually, are you going to start a TikTok trend with the dream girl? Dude, oh my God. I heard that TikTok trends are so good for marketing music. And I really want, like, it would be so cool to have dream girl, like, come up with like be the backbone of a TikTok trend. But then I'd have to like think about that because I know that there's a trend by, uh, there's a song called Space Girl and there was like a dance for it and like Space Girl went viral and mm-hmm. like, what's her name? Francis Forever, their career is like really taken off. And I was like, wow, just watching that is just so incredible. Because honestly, TikTok, I think that's what really propelled Spotify to notice what I was doing. Because I made a viral TikTok that was about drown. It was like, oh, like, hi, I'm an indie artist. Let me know what you think of the song. And it got a lot of traction. So I think Spotify picked up on that. And then they were like, all right, like, let's look at Dream Girl. So that is so true. I feel like, I don't know. I, I would be excited to see a Dream Girl TikTok dance. Maybe that'll inspire me to get on TikTok. Maybe you could <laughs> change my mind. But anyways, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we end, I want you to, like, I want to give you a chance to just, you know, plug whatever you, you know, you need to plug your Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, you know. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was so amazing to talk about the song and to just give me that platform to do so. So my Instagram is at Karahin Amori. Um, I'm Father Koi on all listening platforms. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm just basically everywhere because that's what my, uh, my distributor does. It kind of just brings me everywhere. Um, my TikTok is the same as my Instagram. It's Karahan Amori. And I also have a Twitter, Father Koi, but the O is replaced by a zero. I'm not really active on Twitter, but I have it up there. So yeah, 